Hello everyone. Welcome to the Elephant Tales podcast by Wildlife SOS. I am Arinita Sandilya, Press and Communications Officer at Wildlife SOS. In today's episode, we sit down with the co-founder and secretary of Wildlife SOS, Ms. Geeta Seshamani, to talk about the importance of hospice and palliative care for elephants. Thank you for joining me today. So we'll start with one of the most frequently asked questions. All the elephants in our care have a history of being abused. Could you shed some light on the type of hardships that they've endured? All our elephants have been rescued from extreme distress. Some were privately owned and used for begging. Others spent a lifetime in captivity as temple elephants or they were forced to perform in circuses, or sometimes they did all three things, giving joy rides, carrying advertisements in rural areas, everything that gave them a hard life and very often kept them away from satisfying their most basic needs. These elephants would be trained also using brutal methods, which involved being beaten up by sticks, pull hooks, metal rods, often being starved, kept in isolation in kraals, sometimes for as long as a year. This repeated beatings and abuse not only left them with permanent scars on their bodies, but also caused deep psychological wounds. And the trauma is deliberately inflicted. Traditional methods emphasize that an elephant has to be kept obedient only through fear, punishment, and pain. So the abuse of the elephants that we rescue starts really early in their life from the moment they are calves. And the lives that they have are spent in utter hardships, very often without food and water when they are on the road. So when we rescue them, they are they're already suffering the after effects of a terrible childhood, as well as of continuous abuse through many decades. How do you determine if an elephant needs hospice care? Usually, an elephant in distress comes to our attention through either a member of the public or someone from our own team who's going around or the forest department lets us know that there is a privately owned begging elephant in trouble somewhere. At each rescue, we observe the same disturbing pattern that the elephants are weakened due to improper nutrition, dehydration, a real lack of regular water, their foot pads are riddled with wounds. They've picked up metal and stones, layers of which are embedded under their feet. They're always socially isolated, psychologically depressed. That's because during their lifetime, they rarely interact with other elephants and therefore are denied and deprived a great and a very important part of elephants' social and family life. We also find them with abscesses, wounds. Very often they are blind. So that's when we start determining that this elephant needs to be taken away from its owner, who either because of poverty or indifference and ignorance is not willing to give the elephant what it needs. We also find that they have spent decades in such terrible conditions that they have chronic ailments, chronic diarrhea, chronic abscesses, oozing pus, feet that are with split nails, conditions which actually give them continuous pain. 
and which need constant attention and treatment, which we know they're not going to get. So considering all these things and keeping in mind that they also suffer from injuries due to spiked anklets, they're hobbled with heavy chains. This, this leaves them with permanent deformities at their ankles, at their joints. There's a lot of work that goes into deciding that this elephant has to be taken away simply because we also have legal uh, complications which we have to deal with. It helps us if there is no paperwork for the elephant, the elephant is not legally owned. And then if all these things are there, we are able to decide that this elephant needs our care and we're able to take the elephant to our hospital. So why is the Wildlife SOS Elephant Hospital the best option for these elephants? It's the best option because I think we give a very holistic kind of attention to the elephant. See, the problems are not just that they come in sick with diseases or with health problems. They also come in with a history of having been managed very badly. So at our hospital, we have, first of all, a dedicated team of veterinarians and trained staff that are going to take care of the medical needs that are going to give them the kind of foot care they need, will treat the abscesses, will treat the chronic diarrheas, the dehydration, a host of physical problems. But simultaneously, what we are able to offer is better management techniques. We are able to reassure the elephant that this is one place where he's not going to get beaten or she's not going to get uh, bullied. Fear and pain are far from the techniques that we are going to be using, the positive reinforcement we give. So what happens is the elephant begins to relax. The elephant is able to sense the kindness around it. The mental health of the elephant improves along with its physical health. We notice, for example, that all the elephants when we rescue them are very silent. They are used to lives of isolation. They are used to lives where they do not relate to other elephants. So when they suddenly find themselves able to talk, see other elephants, we find that from silence, it is replaced by noisy articulation. Within a few months after our rehabilitation process starts, they're talking to each other. They bond with others, total strange elephants who are not part of their family members. They form family units. It could be groups of three, it could be groups of five. They begin to speak to each other, they trumpet, they talk. And to my mind, that shows to me that they're regaining their health. They're regaining so much of that mental stimulation which has been denied to them. So along with it, their physical health also begins to improve. And chronic problems receive constant treatment. Their diet, of course, increases beautifully. If you've got a very old elephant, she's able to get soft feed. We are even pulverizing some of the food and the fruits so that they find it easier to eat. So we are able to attend to both physical as well as mental and psychological pain. And that is why I think our hospital is not just a hospital, it's a true rehabilitation tool. What are some of the most common ailments observed in these elephants? I think almost every elephant we get has osteoarthritis or joint problems. Even if they are young, they've either been made to carry very heavy weights or they have been in traffic accidents or they have been injured through innumerable beatings and hairline fractures, broken uh, foot, nails, 
uh, cracks in the in the foot pad all these have never been addressed so the foot rot and the problems with the foot pads extends to the joints and gives them permanent problems with their back and with their joints so i would say almost all elephants suffer from that they suffer from terrible cracked foot pads overgrown toenails all of them have abscesses whether it's under their tail whether it's at the hip joints where because of trying to lie down on cemented floors or hard stone or just from beatings with an ankush they have gaunt frames most of them have partial blindness or complete blindness uh, they have innumerable injuries on their ears torn ear flaps or on their trunks so uh, this sort of becomes a problem with all our elephants besides which they are underweight and have poor digestive systems our only exception has been lakshmi which was an equally bad scenario because she was extremely obese and had to live on an unhealthy diet of fried food snacks or whatever was given at the temples or along the roads by shopkeepers so she suffered equally from a very bad liver and all the attendant problems for an elephant should that happen uh, should she be unable to carry her weight on her joints so at a very young age she was in acute pain actually so that's not good either i would say that that's the kind of common problems we had besides of course the fact that they're all psychologically disturbed whether they are females or they are the males they all have to battle their mental demons so to say the next question is what exactly does hospice and palliative care entail and why is it so crucial for their welfare um hospice and palliative care is usually associated in our minds with an animal that is fading away but what we must remember is when we get our captive elephants they actually regenerate so to say with the kind of love and uh, good nutrition and medical care that we give them some of them actually regain their youth so to say and begin to enjoy mud baths going down to the river they spend hours in the river they love their bath they can spend up to 6 hours in their ponds each one of them has his or her own pond so they are able to enjoy life and when you see that happening you wonder whether we should be calling it hospice and palliative care or should we just say we regenerate them we give them back lost childhoods we give them back their biological needs can be satisfied we give them back families we give them back the ability to bond to speak to talk to be elephants so i would hesitate to say that we just give them hospice and palliative care and why is it crucial to their welfare obviously it's crucial because we're giving back a chance to them to enjoy their lives as elephants we're giving them a river to bathe in a pond to be free in so we not only make them comfortable if they are suffering from some old age problems we address that too we give them support so when they sleep they have their huge mud beds if they can't chew because they've lost their last set of molar teeth we are there for them and we can pulverize their food and feed it to them and churn it in a mixy and let them drink their food we are there to make sure that they are more comfortable as they grow old if they're in chronic pain because of their joints then our doctors are there to make their lives more pain free so i would say it is crucial for their welfare to give them the kind of care geriatric elephants need to make sure they're free from pain but at the same time 
We are there for the elephants who may not be so seriously in pain or so seriously injured or wounded to get back some of the lives that they have lost. Okay, now this might be a strange question that comes to mind, but why does Wildlife SOS rescue elephants that require hospice care when the resources could be used towards a younger elephant that might have a better chance of surviving and leading a healthy life? So this is a complicated question. First of all, we have the only elephant hospital of India. So that in itself means that people who have an elephant requiring hospice care are going to appeal to us. And Wildlife SOS could never turn down an offer to give any elephant um, a few years of comfort, even a few weeks of comfort and care, if possible, before it should pass on. So uh, that's perhaps one reason why people turn to us for hospice care. But when you ask why can't we rescue a younger elephant, there could be many complications why we can't actually rescue a younger elephant. It could be that the paperwork and the legalities of the situation do not allow us to take the elephant away from the owner. It could be that the younger elephant is therefore of much value to the owner. It can earn for the owner. So even if it suffers an injury or pain, they might go to traditional sources of traditional medicine, but will not come to us because they would be worried. We would declare the elephant as not being able to work and that we would appeal that this elephant should be rested and retired and left with us. So there, there might be a lot of reasons why they would not bring such an elephant to us. And we would find it difficult to take the elephant away if it is legally um, having all its paperwork. So there maybe the intervention only of a chief wildlife warden would allow us to rescue the elephant. And we do have younger elephants like that, particularly accident cases, because once the animal is crossing borders, maybe without a transit permit, it's badly injured in an elephant, the chief wildlife warden, who's the ultimate authority, can intervene and say it requires to be sent for permanent retirement. It can't be worked anymore. It's too handicapped or too debilitated, and therefore it comes to us. And we can give it then, uh, we can make it survive and give it a chance to lead a healthy life. But yes, to your question, I would answer, animals will come to us, elephants will come to us only after they've suffered grievous trauma, whether it's physical or whether it's caused by old age or by an accident or by the fact that, for example, the circuses want to retire the elephant, whatever age the elephant might be or whichever health condition it might be in, or an owner has left the elephant and run away because of poverty and not being able to take care of the elephant. Uh, elephants will always come to us only when they are in a crisis situation, whether it's because of their own health or because of the circumstances uh, surrounding the ownership of the elephant. So we come to another difficult question, and that's about animal euthanasia. So in some countries, uh, they would opt for euthanizing an animal that has gone through uh, severe pain and trauma and the animals that are suffering for a long time. Uh, where do we stand on animal euthanasia? Euthanasia is culturally, spiritually, a very difficult and complex decision for us in India. For other countries... It's an easy, trouble-free decision because sometimes it gets, rid, it gets rid of a problem. It gets rid of pain. 
it effortlessly reduces the emotional engagement and physical stress of nursing it also sometimes is a decision based on how to husband resources and finances so they make the decision based on many other factors for us uh the spiritual and the ethical question is the foremost one for us nursing an animal in distress till we finally realize it's impossible is a very significant and important task we cannot cut short a life and if we are going to cut short a life we need to weigh that decision the animal deserves that respect and the dignity of a weighted decision it can't just be a policy decision you see it's um it's a very fine distinction where in most countries they have a policy and by institutionalizing euthanasia they make it very easy on themselves healthy animals young animals it doesn't seem to matter because they have institutionalized it because of various reasons in our country however it's not possible we have to keep a very good balance we have to weigh each case individually we give an animal's life as much importance as a human's life now i can't say that that's a good decision or a bad decision but i just know that ethically it empowers me and it makes me feel that yes i have to respect this animal and if i'm going to take that difficult decision i have given the animal a chance now when we're dealing with wildlife our wildlife act also makes it a weighty decision it states that a disabled and diseased animal has to be beyond recovery and then it may be euthanized but uh, the chief wildlife warden is the ultimate authority he in turn takes the opinion from a panel of vets from his state it's a long drawn out process but a process exists for euthanasia so it's as i said it's complicated but i'm happy that it's complicated because i think every animal deserves a chance well thank you so much geeta ma'am for sharing your thoughts on this issue we'll move on to a slightly lighter topic and talk about the kind of facilities that wildlife sos provides to help these animals in need well the elephant hospital was specifically made to work with the size of the animal that we are dealing with and the weight of the animal that we were dealing with also we had to remember that the animals that come to us might be recumbent or in pain and finding it difficult to walk the truck can bring the elephant right up to the door of the hospital uh, the moment the elephant is put down its weight is automatically taken by a weighing machine that we have embedded literally in the ground there after which it's a very easy transition to a large space where we have the capacity to hoist an elephant if it's in pain and or has a fracture if the elephant is surrounded by a circle as it were of all the treatment instruments and um all the things that could be needed for a quick diagnosis so the, there's a diagnostic laboratory right there we have digital radiological capabilities we have an ultrasound laser therapy uh in house medical instruments for blood for anything else that might be required to know within a couple of hours what exactly is the matter with our elephant 
the medical hoist comfortably lifts disabled elephants. We have a protected contact elephant restraining device, which allows us to give it injections for pain and treat it without it feeling uncomfortable in the presence of strangers and having to negotiate the task of having strange people prod it or deal with it. Uh, we have a hydrotherapy pool. Later on, when the elephant needs massaging with warm water, it needs to feel the comfort of um, a jacuzzi. We have the hydrotherapy pool right there. Quarantine enclosures are also sited very close by so that after treatment, the elephant does not have to struggle to return to its enclosure with the comfort of its shed, a pond, as well as flooring, which is mud and natural substrata so it can walk around. Uh, each of our treatment enclosures also has a treatment space. It doesn't have to come back to the hospital each time. And we have round the clock staff watching the elephant, you know, watching things like its dung, watching its uh, ability to move, take its temperature if necessary, uh, help it with its feed, and simply make it comfortable with the presence of new people. To facilitate easy transportation of the elephant, we've also got the first elephant ambulance. It's rigged out with showers, sprinklers. The elephant can be fed. We don't have to come in contact with the elephant. It can be hosed down during its journey. It can be fed with minimum contact. There's plenty of space to turn around and be comfortable. So the elephant ambulance was also designed for balance and stability because right through India, the biggest problem that we have is accidents during transportation of a heavy elephant on regular commercial vehicles, which tend to upturn and um, you know, fall on its side because of the weight of the elephant or the shifting of the elephant inside. Or alternatively, the elephant is so tightly trussed and chained to stay in one place that becomes very uncomfortable and often causes injuries and wounds to the elephant. So we designed a vehicle that would be both comfortable for the people bringing the elephant, that is our caretakers, our mahouts and our vets, as well as comfortable for the elephant. So that marks the end of our session today. Thank you so much, Geeta ma'am, for your time. This was such a great and insightful interview. Thank you, Aranita.